Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Let's just align ourselves, align our minds, align our spirits, align our souls with the creator of the universe. However you need to do that, however you can do that. If you need to reach out your hands, if you can reach out your hands, if you want to put your hand on your heart, if you want to hold your partner's hand or however it is that you connect with God right now, Father God of creation. Lord, I thank you for, for the blessings that you give us. You have blessed us in the, in the heavenly realm with every spiritual blessing. Father, you have won the victory for us. And we remember that through the, the drinking of the cup and eating of the bread. What Jesus, the victory that Jesus has won for us, the position that we are in now, that we are dead to sin and alive to Christ, that we are now seated in the heavenly realms with Christ Jesus. Father, I thank you. Your kingdom come. Lord, your kingdom of righteousness, your kingdom of wholeness, your kingdom of goodness, of peace, of love. And may your will be done, your will of righteousness, your will of purpose in each one of our lives. Father, have your way today. Have your way today. We submit our minds our, and, our, and we submit our choices to you today. And we choose to agree with your word. We choose to agree what you say about us. We choose to agree with what you have said about yourself. And we choose to agree with who Jesus is and what he has done for each one of us. In Jesus' name we pray, the authority of the name of Jesus. Have your way, Father. Amen, amen, amen. Give the Lord a hand. Grab your seats and shake hands with someone next to you. Take your time doing it. I've shut my notes. I need to find them again. There they go. <laughs> Sneaky little notes. <laughs> What's this at the top of my notes? Be yourself. You look awkward. Um, <laughs> it was for me all along. Uh, that's, that's one of the number one things I say to people when they, they speak from the front. is Because public speaking is still the number one fear. Isn't that funny? That it's, public speaking is the number one fear. And I was at a, um, a funeral recently and the brother was giving the eulogy. And I, just before the, he got up to give it, he was, he was a little bit nervous. No, he was very nervous. And I, I went up to him and I said, Richard, you just be yourself, mate. And I said, just remember that number one fear is public speaking. Number two fear is the fear of death. Your brother's better off at the moment than you getting up. <laughs> and he laughed at that. So, yeah, I'm glad he didn't punch me out. Um, he saw it as the joke it was. Uh, okay, we've been just talking about the weapons that we fight with. I really had it on, a, on my heart and Kylie has been agreeing with me that we're in a season at the moment where um, we need to break through. We're, breakthrough prayer is something that we do every Tuesday and we're just changing the model of that a little bit at the moment um, in bringing some leadership to it. Uh, but I want to encourage you, if, if, you're, if you haven't ever participated in corporate prayer, um, come along and get involved. Come along and get involved because there's something that happens when we pray corporately. Something profound happens when we pray individually. But when we pray corporately, things shift. Because one in the supernatural can put a 1,000 to flight, Scripture says. But two can put 10,000. Mathematically, that don't add up. No, it multiplies up. 
It actually is an exponential thing. So when we come together, where two or more are gathered, there, it's not just us there, God's there as well. Where two or more agree on something, exponentially, it's done by God in heaven. So there's something powerful that happens when we collectively come together and we agree on stuff. I'm agreeing with people at the moment for healing. I'm agreeing with people at the moment for finances. I'm agreeing with people that are wanting breakthrough in their life. I'm agreeing for our region that the spirit of suicide that's over our region gets broken, that there's hope again in our region. I'm believing for marriages to be restored in our region. I'm believing for children that have no hope and teenagers that have no hope, that they actually have their eyes open, don't listen to the deceiver, don't listen to the lies or the pattern of this world that says, well, the world's coming to an end, global warming's increasing, money's running out, fuel's running out. It's just what's there to live for. There's no hope left. And Jesus came as the hope of the world. I'm telling you, there is still hope. It's amazing that that's one of the eternal elements. There's um, There's a scripture that's read out of 1 Corinthians 13 in most weddings, and it's the it's a scripture on love. And people think it's all nice and sweet. No, it's challenging. It really hits hard. It's not the love is love. It's not. It's like love is patient. Get that into your head. You've got to be patient. Love is kind. Oh, you've got to beat yourself up to be kind to people. You do. I don't know about you, but sometimes I've got to bite my tongue and I've got to pierce myself. I've got to be like, being nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Carol's apologising that she's made me do that. But no, I, I have to, because I want to say what's in my head. And my head is actually, sometimes it gets filled with some garbage. I don't know about you, but some garbage can get put in my head from time to time. We're not responsible for the thoughts that pass through our mind, but we're responsible for the ones that we dwell on. Last week, I, I spoke through um, 2 Corinthians uh, 10, verse... Six, I think it was. No, three. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world done. Bang, straight away. We're fighting a battle. You might think that you're fighting a battle alone, but you're not. When you're part of the body of Christ, you are now something bigger than you, something more profound than just you alone. You are part of something that is going to shake the world up. It, is a, it carries the hope of the world within the church. Is, is there stuff that's still wrong with the church? Yes, because you're here. We, we all bring an element of brokenness to church, but we all bring an element of the giftings of God and the profound miraculous of God. Like People say, I've never seen a miracle. And I say, really? You've sat in church listening to me preach and you haven't seen a miracle? Me speaking coherently is a miracle. Me actually getting over my insecurities and my brokenness. Like we were, I was talking to somebody just during the break in between the two services And um, he was talking about his mum and how his mum had had words spoken over her when she was at school and it took her 50 years to overcome the words that you'll never amount to anything. You're no good at anything. You won't get over there. And and I said, wow, I can testify to that because I was in kindergarten when I turned up there. I was a loud kid. I was like, I would probably be stamped with ADD today. Um, Probably a few other letters in there as well. But, it, but we've got to be mindful of what we partner with as well. Because I was just an outgoing kid. I loved life. 
My parents disciplined me very firmly, and I'm glad that they did. But they, I, was, I was just an out-there kid. And I, I, was, I grew up in church, so I knew I was around adults all the time. All these other kids, all they knew were, were their parents, and then they got thrown into kindergarten. They went in, and they were all like, ooh, you know, don't know who they are. I walk in there and go, hey! You know, I'm like, woo! I'm jumping in the pool during class. I'm like... I'm running through the place. I'm de- I'm just. I come off a farm and I'm just living life to the full. I got told, "You bad boy. You're a bad boy." And I, I got this t- drummed into me on a daily basis at kindergarten. And um, and then when I like, even when I did my drawings, I I love doing drawings and I was um, love coloring in. I only gave it up recently, but I. <laughs> I still do it today. We go to a, a conference or something, I'm colouring in. I'm one of those people who like to colour in. I, I absorb information while I'm doodling and, and colouring in and stuff like that. But I, rem- I still remember the teacher would come along and go, oh, that's really good. Oh, that's so beautiful how you've done that. Look at me. That's beautiful. That's wonderful. And I'm like, what's wrong with me? Why aren't I as good as them? Why don't I add up? And it has taken me a long time to get over that. And I'm telling you now, I still battle with that to this day. So it's a miracle for me to be able to stand up in front of you and confidently proclaim the word of God. So I'm a miracle. You're a miracle. You are a miracle. You carry the miraculous in you and the potential of the kingdom of heaven within you right now. We are in a battle. The enemy is the father of lies. He only knows one language, lies, lies, lies. His modus operandi, his MO, his, what he does is steal, kill, destroy. Jesus came to have given us life and the fullness of life. The enemy just wants to steal, kill, rob off you. So we don't want to fight the wars and the battles that the enemy uh, have got us to distract us in. We need to fight the real fights. And if you read, we don't fight against people. We're meant to fight for people. We don't fight against people. We fight for people, but we fight against principalities and powers. It says the weapons we fight with are not earthly weapons. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. I want some weaponry in my arsenal here. I want a whole, you know, just massive weapons. And they're there. God has given us so many weapons for us to fight with. And most of it comes out of our mouth. Whoa. We demolish arguments. We demolish pretenses. We demolish everything that sets itself up against the knowledge of Christ and God. And it says we take captive every thought and we make obedient to Christ. Everything starts with a thought. If you think about something long enough, you'll produce an action. If you do an action long enough, you'll have a habit in your life. If you do a habit long enough, you'll have a, um, a lifestyle that revolves around that habit, good or bad. And that lifestyle will reap a destiny, good or bad. That's how it is. So we need to take captive thoughts. That's one of the weapons that we do. We've got to know the word of God in our life so that we can take thoughts captive. Because it says here, the weapons that God's given us aren't the normal weapons. They are actually demolished strongholds. And the word stronghold there is actually a place of security, 
Oh, I've got to look after my finances. I've got to manage all my finances. So I've got to look after them, not give too much away. I've got to keep it all here. When we're actually told we've got to be generous givers. When you give, when you fast, when you pray, Jesus said. We've got to be generous with all those three things. So we shut down and we go, no, no, we've got to look after this. Or oh, I just need to pray for my family and pray for this and, and, and not. No, pray for those that persecute you. Bless those and, and, and do good to those that spitefully use you. This is the kingdom of heaven. This is the weapons that we fight with. We change atmospheres. We change cultures. We change destinies of people when we fight with the weaponry that God gives us to fight with. So in Ephesians um, 6.10, I'm going old school because I, I want to get back to using my Bible a little bit more so I, you know, so I look like a real preacher. Um, Ephesians 6, chapter, uh, verse 10. Finally. It's really interesting. It starts with finally. I'm, I'm, I'm starting off with finally. But the finally here, you've got to look at everything. It, it goes right back to... Um, Oh my goodness, it goes back to the start of Ephesians, if you want to, that we're made alive in Christ and the whole thing, thanksgiving through prayer, that we're one in Christ, that, that we're the unity of the body, um, you know, living as children of light. And then it goes into being imitators of God in chapter five and halfway through chapter five, it talks about how husbands and wives, we need to treat each other. And then the start of chapter six is children and, you know, and parents and how they get on. Then it moves into slaves and masters, how we actually work with our earthly masters and people that we are employed by or people that actually have responsibility for us, then it goes finally. Whew. My head's spinning a bit after that one. Finally, be strong. No, not just be strong. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Too many of us try to be strong in our own power. Be strong in what we are strong in. They go, oh, I can't take it anymore. No, be strong in the Lord. Get the Lord on your side again. Get, start partnering with God. Start agreeing with what God says about you, what God says about himself, and stop saying, I can't take it anymore. This is too much for me. Oh, it's getting so bad, I can't handle it anymore. No, no, no. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Then it gives us some instruction here. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Now, that word stand there actually means to oppose, to stand in opposition to something. We have limited vocabulary in the English language. The word stand is used quite a number of times through this, but they're all different stands when you look at it. I'm not going to go into that fully because I, it just would take too long. I enjoy it. I get so much pleasure out of really going into these words and going, oh, this one means this, and this one's got an essence of that. And I, ah, ah. I love it. And some of you just like, Bee. you know, you switch off and you're going, it's the same word, isn't it? <laughs> Guy walks into a bar, walks up to the bartender and he says, Excuse me, mate, can I have a beer, please? And the bartender says, yeah, sure, mate. Here you go. You can have a beer. There you go. Why are we talking about pubs? You did it, Ben. <laughs> and then the guy goes up the other end of the bar and the guy's thinking, I think he's making fun of the way that I speak. I think he's making fun of me. The guy walks up the bar and this other guy walks in and goes, G'day, mate, can I have a beer? And he goes, yeah, no worries. There you go, buddy. There's your beer. He's going, he did. He made fun of the way that I speak. Excuse me, bartender. The guy comes back and goes, yes, mate, what do you want? He goes, you were making fun of the way that I speak. And he goes, no, I wasn't. And he goes, yes, I heard you. You talked to me like this and then you went down there and you talked to him like that. You're making fun of the way that I speak. 
And he goes, no, I'm not. I was making fun of him. Stand <laughs> in opposition. Stand in opposition against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against people, but it's against rulers, against authorities, and against powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. This, these words here, rulers, actually means, this is really wild. Rulers mean guidelines means freedoms, means liberties. Sometimes we have things in our life that we want, oh, I want, to, I want my rights, I want my, my freedoms, I want my... Well, they, we need more guidelines so that those morons drive right or do this or we need guidelines because they're doing this wrong and they're doing that wrong. Yeah. No, we fight against these type of things that are wrong, that are just earthly attitudes and stand up for your rights. No, 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 you have everything in God. See, we fight a different battle when we come into the kingdom of God. Authorities here actually um, mean responsibilities and people that have been given position over us. Powers there actually means the devil. Authorities also mean supernatural authorities. Powers means the devil himself. But the devil is only a created being. He has to pick his battles. He can only be one place at one time. But he has minions, he has demons. And I tell you now, they are out to try and tear you down and rip you up and to steal from you. They are at work in this world all the time. But they only have as much authority as you give them. A friend of mine who's gone to be with Glory, he got promoted. He was, a, oh, he was like my second dad growing up. And when he got filled with the Spirit, he looked out the window and he saw two little demons. And I'm like, Ron, what did they look like? I was only a young kid when he told me. And he goes, well, they were two leathery little chaps. I'm like, what do they look like? He goes, thin arms, just leathery skin, big eyes. I went, they sound like aliens, which makes you really think about some of these alien encounters that people have. And I'm like, so they weren't big and big horns and fire-breathing, red-eyed and muscly, you know. And he goes, nah. Nah. And you think about it, a God of authority, a God of heaven, they are stripped of all beauty, they're stripped of all strength, they're stripped of, of everything that was good and powerful in them, and they were cast down. All they have now is the language of their father of lies, which is deception. They deceived Adam and Eve, we fell into sin, the human race, so they got their position above us. That was what they wanted to do. The devil wanted to get... Con mankind so he could get the place of mankind so he could go back into the heavenlies. And that's why in Job it talks about how he was the accuser of the brethren. But now if you read scripture, it says the authority of the Christ has come and I see Satan cast down like lightning. He has no authority in the heavenly realms. What it's talking about heavenly here is actually above the mountains but in the air. So he's not in the heavens. He's actually just the principality of the power of the air. But we've got to be mindful that he's roaming around looking for people that he can devour. But he only has as much authority as you allow him to have. Now remember, life and death are in the power of the tongue. What you speak out has incredible power and authority to it. You can yield that power and partner with this battle of, the, of darkness, or you can stand against it and partner with the kingdom of heaven and use your words to bring authority and bring the kingdom of heaven. 
Therefore, put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Now, that word stand there, stand there actually means to yield in submission to an authority and lay down and rest. Sounds wrong, doesn't it? We're meant to stand with our armour on. No, the armour does the work. We're meant to submit and rest in the confidence that God's in charge. God made this armour. Nothing can get through it. When I am secure with this armour on, I am in God's safe place. So it says here, stand firm then, yielded, submitted, resting in it with the belt of truth around, the, around your waist. The breastplate of righteousness in place over your heart, over your vital organs, righteousness over the core of your being. And then it says with the, your feet ready, fitted with the readiness that comes with the gospel of peace, ready to go, ready to respond, ready to do good, ready to take hope, ready to bring peace, ready to... I'm wearing myself out. I'm getting dizzy now. Ready. Readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And then in addition to this, there's so much in this that I'd love to really unpack. But in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which what? Just the, the fiery um, arrows, just, you know, it, it shields you from them. No, it extinguishes them. It extinguishes the fiery darts. There was a guy once that got the first letters mixed up on the fiery darts when he was speaking. I'm glad they changed it to the fire, flaming arrows, the aiming flaros, rather than the fiery darts. The helmet of salvation over your head, wholeness over your mind, wholeness over your brain, wholeness over your soul, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit which is the word of God. The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to divide soul from spirit. It's able to divide your spiritual realm from your soulish realm. And it's able to slice through that without causing any harm, but shows the vision there. But getting into this, it actually says the sword of the spirit. The word spirit there is pneuma, breath, current of breath. It's the sword of breath speaking out. And God spoke, breathed life. God spoke and it was. God allowed to come into existence through the authority of his breath and his mouth. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So faith is attained by hearing, but faith is activated by speaking. Faith is acquired by hearing the word of God. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. But to use faith, you must speak it out. It must be a breath activation. You can pray in your brain all you want, but as soon as you speak it into being, something happens. Tim was telling me earlier on how at Hillsong, if he can't have a re- he wants to build a built-in monitoring system so that he's not singing out of tune in a church that's so beautifully in harmony, in a conference that's singing so beautiful, Because if somebody's singing out of tune next to him, he will follow them. I'm not like that at all. I'm pitch perfect all the time. But do you know what's really powerful? You can sing flat as a tack. You can sing the wrong words. 
But if you're singing close to what's up there, demons have to flee, atmospheres have to change because you're proclaiming the Word of God over your life. This is the breath. This is the Word. This is the power that we have. Life and death is in the power of your mouth. Speak life. Oh, I'm get, I have not even touched my notes, but you don't... See, faith is acquired by hearing. Faith is activated by speaking. The hardest thing to change in our circumstances is our confession. The hardest thing when you've got no money in the bank to say, no, God is my provider. God is going to turn this around. God is going... When you're sick, it's the hardest thing to do is to change your confession to say, I'm not sick. God is my healer. He says that he is my healer. I am the Lord that heals you. He's my healer. I, and start speaking healing over your body. It's the hardest thing to do. But you know what? It's the thing we must do. You, when, when we were young, we had a um, family member that was older. He was a, a grandparent. He wanted to get all our, us kids together. And as soon as we were born, we got handed over to him because it was a ritual in the family. Some, he was unsaved. But he would speak a nickname over us. And it was never a complimentary nickname. It was actually a negative nickname. And mum and dad made a choice. They said, no, nah, we're cutting that off. We're not having those words spoken over our kids. And when, when I came home and my mum saw that I was changing because of, I was being told, you're bad, you're naughty, you're a terrible child. At, at kindergarten, she started praying for me. While I was asleep, she started anointing my pillow with oil at night and praying for my pillow during the day that when I slept that God would bring peace into my mind because she saw that I was starting to get confused. And she changed the confession over my life. My dad changed the confession over my life. Your confession is so powerful, but it's the hardest thing to change and it's usually the last thing that we change. No one loves me. No one notices me. No, no, no. If, if you, the, the thing is that if you're saying those things, the problem is that you're actually producing an atmosphere around you of that rejection and people will just go, oh, they want to be alone. Yeah. I've seen it happen. I've been around people too long and a student of mankind. And if you're going, oh, I'm sick. Oh, I'm never going to get well. And you're just always talking about your sickness. People, you actually have an infective, not in a good way. You actually have a spirit of sickness around your life, an atmosphere of sickness that people will start to avoid. I, I coined this phrase with Kylie during the week, spiritual Munchausen syndrome. Now, Munchausen syndrome is where people pretend to be sick because when they go to the hospital, they get attention. And somebody gets, looks after them and they get cared for. Then they just become this cycle of having to go to hospital because they get cared for there. And they clog up our health system and they block it all up because they have a need in their life. They have something that needs to be fixed in their life. And Jesus is the only hope that can break that. But there are so many people that have got spiritual Munchausen syndrome that where they want prayer for this and prayer for that. And I want to tell you today, the way that we do our battle is that you start prophesying the opposite. You bring your confession in line with what the Word of God is and you take that argument that's trying to tell you that you're sick or that you're broken or that you're broke. I just used two words together and that really annoys me. But if you're, if you're not whole and you're, and you're saying, oh, but I was, I was abused as a child and you keep going back to that and keep bringing it up, it, this is really tough to do. Because I grew up with a mate that at the age of four, 
He was sexually abused. We were inseparable when we were from three years old to like 18 years old. We were just the closest friends. And I remember he got up to do communion one day at church when he was 20 years old and he took ages to, he played this song and I'm going, what the heck are you doing? And he played this song and it kept going and going and it was a, went on for ages and then he told this story and I just went, but he said, I've forgiven that person because Jesus was with me all the time. I realized that even though this person was broken and they assaulted me and abused me, he said, no, I have now been made whole. And I'm like, whoa, I went to him after and went, I had no idea. And he said, no, no one did. He said, but I dealt with it with God. And I'm like, you're my hero, mate. That is just astounding. This is a tough thing to do because we get hurt, we get injured in life. But the word of God says forgive and it'll be forgiven you. You will be empowered when you forgive. Forgiveness isn't, I'm going off on a tangent here, but forgiveness isn't a pardon on their life. They will still have to face God. God is the avenger. God is the avenger. That He's better than Thor. He's better than um, Hulk. He's better than Captain America. God is the biggest avenger that there is. He even said, if you stop or harm one of my littlest ones, it would be better for you to tie a rock around your neck and throw yourself in the ocean than for me to get my hands on you. Like, that's a God that scares me. But it says, don't fear those that harm the body. Fear fear the one that actually, after the body's dead, can take your soul and throw it into hell. Fear that guy. Have a healthy respect for that guy. But do you know what that guy did? He brought his son to die. He got his son rejected so you'd be accepted. He got his son to die so that you could live. He got his son to take on unforgiveness so that you could be forgiveness and flow in forgiveness and be a forgiver of sins. Oh, please pick this up. Start forgiving people that you've got things against. Start proclaiming. If you wake up in the morning and you're just reminded about how that person, God, did you wrong and ripped you off or did this to you, start saying, bless them, Lord. May they lack nothing in their life. May their children grow up in the house of God. May they know you and know the peace. It's hard to pray these type of prayers for people that have treated you wrong. But if you change your confession, you will change the atmosphere of your life. You will change the authority, the place that you're standing in. It will shift dynamically. Ooh, where am I? The hardest thing to do is to change our confession. And it's the last thing to do. But the, in Deuteronomy 30 verse 14, where it's talking about life and death is in the power of the tongue. And it, and it says, you know, this word of hope, where do we go to get it? Do we go to a far land? And he goes, no, you don't need to go to a far land. You don't need to go up into heaven. The word of God is so close to you. It is in your mouth and it is in your heart. You just need to speak it out. You just need to speak it out. Prophecy is one of those powerful things. Prophecy. We've got Steve McCracken and Sally McCracken coming next weekend. On Thursday night, they were coming over the weekend, but then they shifted it and said, oh, we're going to come earlier. And we said, well, Thursday night, we've got our soak meetings on. And he goes, oh, we'll come to that. And I'm like, beauty, that would be awesome. And then he's going, so I'll prepare a message and I'll, I'll get some prophetic. And I said, no, that's, that's not what we do. We, we actually come to soak in the presence of God. But if God gives you something, I want you to prophesy it out. Because I want to change our soak meetings from being ones of just, 
you know, just sitting there. And, and be, I want us to start prophesying things over our lives. I want to start prophesying things over our community. I want to start prophesying things. Because we're not just singing songs to remind ourselves who God is. We're singing songs to remind the enemy who God is. To remind the economic issues in our, in our city and in our nation who God is. To remind the hospitals who God is. To remind the, the police force. And I love... We need to pray for our officers at the moment. Actually, I've really got this on my heart. We need to pray for our teachers and we need to pray for our police officers because they are two that carry so much responsibility in bringing goodness into our community and they're ones that are being continually attacked. Health workers as well, doctors and that. You know, you just see violence brought against them. We've got some officers here this morning. We're praying for these guys because if you read in Romans, it says that they are officers of God for good in the community. They have an authority. And I used to wonder how one of my, one, Carol's and Tim's son, he's a detective, and I used to wonder how he had this sixth sense. He could just sniff out when there was a baddie. It's true, isn't it? They could just, hey, just back off. This guy's not so good. You know, like they, they just know. And we've been on parks, in parks and stuff like that, having parties, and, and he'll just go, time to move this way, and, and then he'll just wander off, and you'll see him go and talk to someone, and he's just diffusing a situation before it even arrives, and I used to think, oh, they must teach him that at cadet, you know, school, no, this is a gift from God, because they are officers of God for doing good in our community, you wonder how they find out about terrorist things, it's just through the internet, no, God is appointing these guys with a gift that goes beyond their understanding. We need to pray for them. We need to be praying for our teachers because our teachers have our children. They are um, loco parentis in the place of our parents. We need to pray for them that they're not stressed out, that they're not weighed down with all the weight of everything, of, of OH&S and, and duty of care and that, that, but they can speak life into our kids, speak hope. And I remember when teachers, when I was young, and they started saying, Stephen, you're really good at this. We've got a teacher here that I taught me when I was young. I won't tell you what nickname she called me. <laughs> yeah, Timmy Tiger fans. Is that what you got? <laughs> but she spoke good stuff into my life. She told me what I was good at and stuff like that. Teachers have such an incredible impact on our life. Doctors have an incredible impact on our life. Most doctors are just controlled by the health system. But when you get a doctor that's full of the spirit, a doctor that's connected to God, I've seen it and I've heard about it. People that have gone in there and they've been given bad information and then the doctor says, but I can pray with you. We've got a friend in Melbourne who does this. Your baby doesn't look good at the moment. He's actually an obstetrician. It doesn't look good for your baby, but can I pray with you? 2 Peter 1.21, sorry I don't have this on the screen, these are last minute changes to the message. It says here, for prophecy never had its origin in the human will. Now the thing is that I could give you a prophetic word, based on what I know about your life and maybe a little bit of your history and background, I could give you a prophetic word that I think you want to hear that's going to encourage you in what I know about your life. But it says that that would be a soulish prophecy, you don't want that. You want a spiritual prophecy. You actually want something from the heart of God that's been channeled through the, the vehicle that he chooses. It says here, for, the prophecy, for prophecy never had its origin in the human will. But prophets, though being human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. 
Now, to be led by the Spirit is to keep step with the Spirit. It's really simple. I'm glad God has done this up enough for us. What's my next step, Holy Spirit? You are the guidance. You are the counselor. You are the comforter. You are the Spirit of truth. You're the one that teaches us like no man can. Everything I'm saying here is in Scripture. So what's my next step in taking? What do I do? So these guys, not only one step, but they were being carried along by the Spirit. They were running in the Spirit, prophesying. You can move in this too. Next week, we've got a, a guy who has the office and the gifting of a prophet. And I, when I was young, I used to sit there and they'd be like, oh, you know, they'd start giving prophetic words. And I'd be like, you know, trying to get their attention. Because <laughs> yeah. I wanted a prophetic word. Over here. You know. Hey, 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 don't look at me like that. You've done this too. Uh, <laughs> but one time, there was a guy that was in our church. I, I respected him and honoured him a lot. He was from Adelaide. He'd come over here and he'd spoken the whole week. He was leaving and I chased him down and I said, can you give me a prophetic word? And he goes, wow, you're like the first person that's ever done this to me. Most people sit back and wait for this. You're hungry. And so he prophesied into my life and the things that he prophesied have and are still coming to pass now. So if you want a prophetic word, chase someone down. Get a prophetic word off them. But I'm telling you now, you can start prophesying into your own life. And I'm not talking about, you know, um, you know casting uh, what the future holds or anything like that. But start speaking because the word prophesy actually means divinely inspired words. You can start proclaiming the, and the, take up the sword of the Spirit using the breath of the Spirit in you and start proclaiming what's in here. And I'm telling you now, if you start being responsible and start being obedient in loving what God is channeling through you, what's written in here, you might start getting other things. And I've seen it in my life I'll start praying the word of God over somebody's life and next thing I'm just praying prophetically stuff that I don't know what I'm saying and then afterwards I go does that mean anything to you and they go whoa and I'm like oh awesome that's the miracle the miracle that God uses someone like me to give a prophetic word wow that blows me away. You hold the prophetic within you as well. It is one of the gifts of the Spirit. It's the Word of God tells us to. there's only one thing we're told to covet and to desire really harshly and, and deeply, and that's to prophesy. Speak divinely inspired words over your life. If you've been told that you're broken, start prophesying, I am whole. Whatever it is, if you're broke, start speaking the providence of God over your life. Start speaking blessing. Start speaking favour. In James 1, 12 to 18, this is my final scripture. It says here, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, the person will receive the crown that the Lord has promised to those who love Him. The word love there is the same as obey Him. And it says a whole heap in here about when tempted, no one should say, God, why are you doing this to me? Because God doesn't do that. But you know what? God can make all things work together for good for those that are in Christ and are called, called speaking out that purpose and that destiny of God. Don't be deceived, dear brothers and sisters. It says here, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. God 
God's blessing and favour is the same today as what it was back ages and ages ago. When He created this universe and created this world, He made so much goodness in here for us to take hold of. That goodness has not stopped. That heart for Him, for you, has not ceased. Start prophesying out that God is my Saviour, that God is my Father. If you feel abandoned or orphaned, start calling on the Father and start prophesying, I'm a child of God. If you're feeling like sin's overtaking your life, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. If you feel like you've been cast down and you're in a low place, no, I am seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. Start changing your confession, things will change. Now this just isn't words. This is power. There are guys that use positive speaking, Tony Robbins and guys like that. They, they talk about, you know, if you can just change your words, you'll lift yourself. But it's so true. They're they using a truth from the authority of God. They're using a truth from the kingdom of heaven. But I'm telling you now that through Jesus, through Jesus, you have the authority to speak to the dead and they rise up. If there's dead things in your life, you can start saying, live, live, live. If, you're, if you've got blockages in your life, you can say, free, free. Whatever you loose in, on earth will be loosed in the heavenlies. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in the heavenlies. If there, you've got stuff that you want to see loosed and released in your life, you can prophesy it into existence. You don't need to wait for somebody to come and pray for you and, and God to speak through somebody. You can start doing it. I be, I'm believing that this is a challenge to the church of Jesus Christ right at this moment because at the moment there's a spirit of apathy trying to take over to, to care, cause the cares and woes and troubles and, and things of this world to just overwhelm us. But God's saying, no, 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 no. Stop proclaiming that. Stop listening to that because there are more with you than are against you. Greater is He that's in you than he that's in the world. Change your confession. I used to say change your thinking and you change your life. But really change your confession and you'll change your life. You start confessing differently. And this isn't just about positive speech. That is a truth. But when we stand in the truth, there's so much more to it. All good gifts come down from the Father of life. Thanks for joining today. It would be so awesome to see you at church this Sunday. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website riveredgechurch.com.au